Each one reach one, okay? When you got born again, are you ready for this? You became a leader. Whether you like it or not, whether you want to accept the responsibility or not, you were commissioned by the Lord himself to go out and to reach the world, okay? Now, here's the neat thing about reaching the world, okay? The Holy Spirit's going to do all the work. He does all the work. And as you begin to understand that, as you begin to realize that, and as we begin to talk about this tonight, you're going to see that the Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. And it gets exciting. And it gets even more exciting when you start seeing God move right in front of you. I mean, when you actually see him move in front of you. I ask the Holy Spirit. I'm 33 years old. I'm in Cape Cod. At that time, I'm a captain. And I get born again. I mean, really born again. I wasn't playing church. This time I got born again. And I got baptized by the Holy Spirit, man. And, uh, dude, you talk about a heavenly rush. It was awesome. And um, I just began to prophesy that I would, go, I would confess the name of Jesus in the heavens. I would confess the name of Jesus on the earth. And that I would confess that Jesus is the Christ. And you just never forget something, an encounter like that. And the first thing I wanted to do when I got that encounter, I wanted to go share it with somebody. I had to share this encounter with somebody. And so I began to go out, and I began to start evangelizing. And... Um, there was an individual at my workplace, and he was a contractor. And uh, the Holy Spirit set up an encounter with me for him as we were going up the elevator, <clears throat> working in those radars. They were about eight stories tall, the, the big giant pay pause radars. And so we'd get in this elevator and go up sometimes to get up to the, where the actual command section of the floor was while I was going up with him in the elevator. And the Holy Spirit said to me, introduce me to him. Tell him about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. And I said, no, Lord, you know, I, I put it off. I, I'm, I'm busy. I got, you know, there's something else I got to do. He said, tell him about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. And then all the week, I just kept interacting with this guy. Tell him about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. He gave me about a week to do that. And on Sunday, he had a heart attack and he died. He was watching a football game and he had a heart attack and he passed away. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, I was his last hope. I was his last opportunity to, to reach that guy. And I got to tell you something. When the Lord rebukes somebody, he, he doesn't kill your little five-year-old boy. He doesn't destroy you with a tornado. He doesn't do something like that. When the Lord rebukes you, he just comes to you. And he just said, I was really counting on you to reach that guy. He knew he was going to die of a heart attack. I did not know that. And I put it off. And I felt the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Lord came in on that elevator. All I had to do was open my mouth, and I didn't do it. And so I walked around, and I just, oh, it just hurt me so because of that. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I will never, ever again be ashamed to say, I don't care if it's the president. I don't care if you're standing there and you got a gun to my head. I am going to tell you that Jesus loves you, and I don't care anymore. I just don't care. No, I'm not going to be stupid and cause a, you know, just be dumb. You know what I'm talking about? But where I'm going with this is, is as the Holy Spirit begins to lead me, I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to say something because what I, God wants to show his glory. When you stop and you think about this, God wants to reveal himself through Jesus. But he decided, the Godhead decided that he's going to do it through us. I mean, that just excites me. Think about that. He wants to reveal his glory. What's it say in uh, Corinthians, that first chapter, right? Verse 26 and 27. 
He said that he wants to reveal that hidden mystery, that glory of the Lord, that same glory that said, I am on the mountain that Moses saw and Moses got to experience. I am, okay, that same name, the presence that he put in the name of Jesus so that the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess in heaven and in earth and below the earth that Jesus is Lord. And he decided to make Jesus the head, but he's in heaven. And he decided to make us the body. And that same presence that was with Moses in Exodus chapter 33, when you start reading verse 12 through 19, and Dr. Savell gave us that commandment, and I've been going over that commandment, and I've been going over that scripture, over that scripture, I've been going over Exodus chapter 3, and I've been going over that day and night, and I've just been combining it, and I just see that when Moses looked, you get, he, he had an inclination. The Lord's going to set something up for you. And you'll see as we get into the scriptures, he's going to set up encounters. It's our job to recognize them when he's setting them up. Okay. And so Moses, he turns, the Lord sees that he turns and he begins to speak to him. And something comes out of Moses's mouth that just really got me excited. What did he say? He said, here I am. Here am I, right? Here am I, Lord. And that means his, there's a willingness and a readiness in his heart to serve. So I read that in the scriptures and I said, Lord, I, I want to do that. I want you to say my name one time and, and say it. And, and I want to say, here am I. And I just got so excited about that. Well, one day, Diego Garcia, I'm sleeping. It's early in the morning and I hear my name and I wake up and I say, here I am, Lord. And I got so excited because it happened. I actually got to do that. And I began to, to, to question the Holy Spirit on that. Inside of you, inside of you, the Lord has planted something. He has put a seed on the inside of you. Now, for Moses, he was going to use him to, to uh, be used by God to remove the children of Israel from oppression, right, and iniquity, and to bring them into that promised land. He put that on the inside of him. I believe it was that seed that he put on the inside of him that led him to the backside of that mountain. He just followed it. He didn't know why he was doing it. It it just like a magnet being attracted, you know, attracting things. I just believe he was attracted to the Lord. The Lord was waiting for him to show up. And by the way, I asked the Lord one time why he used Mount Horeb, right? To show up, and he said, because I needed a podium, and that was about the biggest one in the area that I could find. So I wanted something that I could use as a podium to preach on, because I thought about that. I said, why you gotta go, why do you do a mountain, you know? One the podium. So, and, um, but he led him, he led him over there, and then he focused his vision. And I started, I started getting in on that. When he turned to see that, he sees this bush burning. He sees the presence of the Lord. It is burning. And by the way, when you get born again, that's what's inside of you. That same presence that's burning is on the inside of you. All you gotta do is just get the flesh out of the way and let it shine. And, um, when he began to see, he says, I got to turn aside to see this. When he began to square his vision on that, that's when the Lord began to talk to him. And that's when he began to speak to him. The Lord sees tyranny and oppression, right? That's what was going on. He wants us to go out. And this is why it's so big on Pastor Justin's heart for us to get an experience with God. And then you equip yourself and then you go out and you engage the community. And that's what the Lord's been waiting for. He's been, his eyes go to and fro. He's just looking for someone to open his mouth. He's just looking for someone to be a vessel that he can use. Okay, And we're going to see that as we get into the words. And, and thank you for letting me share that scripture about that, the, the man who passed away. Because, I mean, it just changed my whole life when that happened. 
But I remember when I was a child, I went to my grandparents' house, okay? And when I went to my grandparents' house, I was 13 years old, and I had this dream, okay? I didn't plan it. I had this dream, okay? And all of a sudden, I'm in the universe, and I see all these stars. That's why I know the Lord took Abraham up and showed him all the universe, not just a few stars. I mean, he's showing him the galaxies, the Milky Ways, comets buzzing by. I mean, he's seeing everything, right? And that's what he said. That's how your descendants will be. Well, in that dream, in that vision, when I was up in there, I'm just looking around and I'm seeing, I'm looking everywhere and I'm seeing all these stars and I'm seeing all these galaxies and everything. And I'm like, dude, what is this? This is awesome, you know? And um, all of a sudden they started going, I see this white light way in the distance. And so all the stars, all the galaxies started going to them. And uh, I remember saying this to myself, I can see time. I can see eternity. And I woke up. As I was praying today, the Holy Spirit brought that back to me so long ago. I was in my grandmother's house, my grandfather's house. What did the Lord say to, to uh, Moses? I'm the God of your father, Amram, right? Then I'm the God of your father, Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob. I'm the God of your fathers. And he was revealing to him what was going on in the vision that he wanted to do. And uh, I got so excited because we fit inside that vision, okay? So God has deposited something on the inside of you. There's something in there. And there's an, it, it just leads you. It's going to lead you. It's going to guide you. It's just that inclination from the Holy Spirit. He's, it's just going to happen. Be sensitive to that because he's going to open something up. He's going to open it up to you, okay? And there's one other thing I want to say about the glory. Nobody sits on their backside, Right? And the glory is going to show up. It just ain't going to happen. Everyone in the Bible where the glory showed themselves, they got out and they did something. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to see your glory. He said, okay, go out there. Go out there and just start opening your mouth. And I'll start showing you my glory. And so that's what my wife and I started doing. Because then I met Charlene and got married. And we started going out into the community every weekend, whether it was minus 10 or whether it was 70 degrees, we were in the parking lots, we were handing out tracts, we were telling everybody Jesus loves you. I mean, we were just going left and right. And one time, these guys were riding by on the bicycle, and Charlene starts running after them, and she's running, witnessing to these guys. That was the funniest thing I ever saw. And I mean, she's just gone. I mean, she's witnessing to them running while they're on the bike. And she must have, I think it would have been about a mile before she came back. But I mean, this is just how involved we got with the Holy Spirit, it just gets to the point to where you just do something just as simple as this. The Holy Spirit's leading you to just come up and say, hey, my name is Joseph. What's your name? Jeremiah? Okay, Jeremiah, God bless you. Did you know God loves you and he's got a wonderful plan for your life? I mean, he does. He loves you. Let me tell you about my testimony. Man, I met Jesus and all of a sudden, I, my eyes opened. I could just see everything. Now, now, it depends as the Holy Spirit begins to start leading you, Okay. I might ask them this question. Hey, let me ask you a question. This is a question that I asked myself one time. Someone asked me this. Hey, if eternity were to come today, if Jesus were to come today, Lord, hey, that's it. Okay, here I come. Jesus is coming, right? Where would you go? Where would you spend your life? Do you know? Would you spend it in eternity? Would you, you know, with Jesus? I mean, what would happen? Now I'm waiting for the response. I got their attention. I've given them a question, right? It's the universal question. Boy, you want to talk about a spiritual question to ask somebody, it'll start going. Now, I sit back and I let the Holy Spirit do his work. And I watch. And if you watch somebody's flesh, you'll begin to see how the Holy Spirit's working. Sometimes they get jittery. Sometimes they get a little nervous. 
And that's when I reckon, okay, I'll just back off a little bit. But I, but I just ask it in truth and I ask it in love. Jesus has already taken care of the sin problem, okay? So you don't need to go out and tell somebody they're no good, no good person and they're dying to go to hell. You don't need to do that. Jesus would say in John chapter 8, this is why people go to hell. They just don't believe in Jesus. They just don't receive the everlasting life, right? So then they respond. And then now dependent on their response depends on how I, I respond back, right? Oh, man, I don't know where I'd go. Hey, let me tell you something. Before I met Jesus, the scripture even says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. So we know sin is out there, right? But there's a gift that God wants to give. It's called eternal life. And then I explained to him what eternal life is. The Father and Jesus and Jesus and you. And the, all of us together as one. And I mean the power and the presence of God comes in and he lives on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, you enter into this world of life, world of love. I mean, I never knew how to love until I got born again, right? And then it says this. All you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. It's just a simple handshake. If we were to make a deal, I'm making a handshake. God wants to make a handshake with you. He just wants to make a handshake with you. He just wants you to invite him in. And that's all you got to do. So would you like to receive him? I would say nine times out of ten when I've come up and did that approach, I get a salvation, right? Now, sometimes you don't. Don't get discouraged if that happens. What is evangelism? Evangelism is a process, okay? It's a process. And the Holy Spirit began to show me that, okay? And we'll, we'll get to see that when I read um, John chapter 4. But one of the things else that, the, well, I'll just go on this and I'll come back to this. All right, Holy Spirit, I'll come back to this at the end. Very well, sir. All right, let's go to John chapter 4. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to reveal his glory and he wants to do it to you, but he wants to, he wants to use you to reveal Jesus. And I got to tell you something. If all you know is John 3.16 and all you got is your testimony, that'll light the world on fire. I mean, hallelujah. The Lord will use that and he'll show up and then you'll see him moving right before your eyes. I mean, sometimes when I've been talking to people, the Holy Spirit has just come down and baptized people in the Holy Ghost like he did Cornelius. And I just sat there and watched. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, But if we go to John chapter 4, and we start at verse 1, it says, When therefore the Lord knew about the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Okay, in verse 2 it says, Though Jesus himself didn't baptize, but his disciples did. He leaves Judea, and he's got to go to Galilee, okay? So... He's got to leave where he's at in Judea and go through Samaria, okay? Well, if you remember back to Solomon when he died, his son Rehoboam, and then Jeroboam, the prophet Ahijah comes and he takes a garment and rips it in ten, 12 pieces and gives 10 to, the, uh, to Jeroboam. And, and then he says the rest is going to be for Rehoboam so that the Lord will always have a light before him in Judea. Well, what happened was when Jeroboam became the leader over those 10 tribes of Israel, what he did was, is he hired his own priest. He didn't use the Levites. So he politically went out as a politician and decided, I'm going to make political friends my priests, which was not a smart thing to do. He was afraid that they'd go back to Israel, okay, when they go back for their festivals, and then that their hearts would be turned back toward, you know, to, to unification again. So he decides that he's going to also set up two different kinds of gods and put them on different types of locations. And he uses Mount Gerizim as one of those locations. And, of course, they took the Old Testament Torah and they began to ink out where it said Jerusalem and stuff like that. And they began to ink in Mount Gerizim and all these other things. So now when they're reading the word, they're actually reading something that isn't correct anymore. And now you've got generations after generations after generations that have been grown up in this. 
And plus all the stuff that happened, all the coups, all the overthrows, all the different problems with the kings and all the different invasions that happened. Now you just got a whole set of ten tribes that are just lost, okay? So this is the picture that's going on. So Jesus has now got to go through there, right? And so he leaves Judea, he goes into Galilee, and he's got to go through Samaria. Then comes... They come to a city in Samaria, which is called Sychar, which is near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It was about high noon. You ever watch cowboy shows? It's high noon, okay? It's noontime. <clears throat> God wants to, he wants to make a stance. He wants to make a show. And um, Jesus is wearied. And this caught my attention. When I, when I had read this before, it's like Jesus was weary. Moses was led by the Lord to go to the backside of the mountain. Jesus was weary and he sat down. Jesus, I really believe Jesus was not planning or intending anything. He was weary. He said he was tired, so he sat down. So the disciples go away to get food, and he's just weary, and he's sitting there at the well. But man, you know Jesus, and that spirit of the Lord's on the inside of him. The Lord's already working. The Lord's got a plan for this town in Samaria, doesn't it? I really, you know, Jesus is just being led by the Holy Spirit. All right, Lord, you want me to go this direction? I'll go this direction. So he's going this direction, okay? He sits down at the well. And then here comes a lady, okay? Here comes a divine encounter. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right. And then in verse 7, Now there comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus says unto her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone away unto town to buy some, some meat. In verse 9, then the woman of Samaria says unto him, How is it that you being a Jew ask of me? Also I'm a woman, and a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, right? There's a civil war that went on for a long time there. There's, think there's a little bit of racism going on there? Think there's a little bit of uh, spirit of division going on there? A little prejudice going on in there, right? <clears throat> but Jesus answers her, okay? You can't hear unless you're told. You can't hear unless you tell. The gospel can't be spoken unless you say it. You've got to open your mouth, right? So Jesus says unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says unto you or is affirming unto you, give me something to drink, right? You would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Now, this is one of the things I like about Matthew chapter 10, because Jesus gives all these instructions to the disciples when he sends them out. And then when you look at the end of Matthew chapter 10, I'm not going to go there, but I'll just explain it. When you look at the end of Matthew 10, and you're at verse 40 to 42, he starts talking about a prophet. And if you listen to a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Okay, And if you listen to a righteous man, you get a righteous man's reward. And if you just listen to anyone, if you just give anyone that represents the Lord a cup of cold water, you will in no wise lose your reward. So one of the things I like to do, Pastor Justin, with Kappa, when the officers are all grumbling about who gets to go out with me, right? Because they don't want to take a preacher man out with them in a car, right? Once it gets real quiet in there and I'm sitting down with them, I say this. You know it says in the scripture, if you're good to a righteous man, you'll get a righteous man's reward. What do you want prayer? What do you want answered in prayer? What do you want? I'll pray for it. The Lord will answer it. Because he said in his word, as I go out as a prophet and I represent him, as I go out as a righteous man and I represent him, right? If you just give me honor, right? If you just give the Lord honor to his word and, re- and honor me as a man of God, you're in, man. You've got a connection. Ask. And so that's what I'll do. Ask. What do you, what do you guys want me to pray about? What do, you want, what do you want to pray for? And 
just to give you a testimony, I had a, we had one guy who wanted to uh, marry someone that was from another country, but when countries are fighting with each other, guess what happens? You can't adopt. You can't get any visas to come into the country. They just set it off, right? But I prayed. I said, can I pray about that for you? Because he, he, was, he was honoring me as a man of God. So I said, can I pray about that for you? He said, well, I don't think it'll work, but okay. So I said, all right, Lord, you're my friend. You said in your word that if I go out and I preach your word and I represent you, that you'll do this, right? So I prayed about it. Well, I come back 10 days later, and he's got the biggest smile on his face. And he says, well, for some reason, Russia and the United States are getting along because that was the two nations. And they opened up communications, were allowed for 10 days to adopt, and were allowed for 10 days to get visas. And he was able to get the visa, and he was able to get to marry this girl. And, I, and he did not want to tell me. He says, I, don't, I did not want to tell you this, but this happened. Another guy driving out <clears throat> with, he wants to get promoted. His, his friends got promoted. He wants to. And Holy Spirit, you know, I'm getting ready to go to Guatemala. Holy Spirit, you know, you're a man of God. He's riding out with me. He, he's pouring out to the Lord, you know. And so I said, well, all right, let's pray about it. And then how, how did this, it came out of me. The Holy Spirit brought this out of me. And even, Lord, if you have to create a position for him, create it. And so what happens? We go to Guatemala. We come back. I ride out with him about 14 days later because of the trip. And he's got the biggest smile on his face. And he says, you know what? The new police chief has this new idea he wants to do. He needs four more guys. I'm one of the three that got selected. He got promoted. And now he's with, promoted with his friends and he moves on. And the Lord created a position for him that never existed before. I'm t- this is what I'm talking about. The Lord wants to reveal his glory through you. He wants to reveal his glory. And he wants to do it through us. And we're his carriers. Uh, these are just exciting. These are just some of the things that, that get to happen um, But I just want you to show, he's setting up encounters for you. And that's what he did with this woman. So if we get back here to uh, verse 11, she says, The woman says unto him, Sir, you don't have anything to to draw with, you know. The well is deep. From whence hast thou that living water? And then she's been rubbing it a little more. Besides, you being a Jew, are you greater, right, than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof of him and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answers her, and he says to her, Whosoever drinks of this water here shall never thirst again. In other words, what he's saying, you drink of Jacob's well, you're going to be thirsty again. And I got, you're going to live by religion, you're going to get thirsty again. You're going to try to find God your own way and try to ascend yourself into heaven by doing good works. You're going to get thirsty. I mean, you're going to get thirsty. And Jesus is saying, you're going to drink from Jacob's well, you're going to get thirsty again. Now, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, that I shall bestow upon you, I'm going to give this to you. I'm valuing you. I'm going to give you this, okay? If you drink upon this water, right, you'll never thirst. Mmm. Mmm. But the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And again, I always like to explain to people, Born again is a relationship. It's the Spirit of God coming in on the inside of you, born from above. The life of God himself comes in on the inside of you. There's a big difference between religion and Christ. God is about relationship. Christ is about relationship. And that is the difference right there. 
something happens on the inside of you. He comes in and moves in. I got born again on Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears me and just invites me in, I'll come in, man. I'll set up shop. I'll come in and sup with you, and I'll take care of everything. I'll move in and just move, right? And it's real. I mean, it's real. Now, when, you, when you're at this point and you look at somebody and you tell them that, I just stand there with the biggest smile on my face because I know the Holy Spirit's working. I know he's getting in them. Now, remember, evangelism is a process, right? So what if they don't want to receive Jesus? Now, this is what I used to do when I first go out. I get mad, I get sad, I get rejected, and I'd come home thinking I was a failure, right? But then I began to understand, no, 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 no. And Jesus, we'll look to see what Jesus says about this later, what the process is. Catch you. Leave you hanging there for a second. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. So Jesus says, Go call your husband, right? And come hither. Now, I like to stop right here and say this because the Holy Spirit uses gifts, right? Paul talks about it, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Some get wisdom, some get knowledge, some healing, some, you know, he starts going into the gifts, but he gives it out when he wants as he decides. So I'm not going to try to prophesy to somebody because I just feel like I want to. And I want to leave them with, I don't do that. Are you kidding? You think I'm going to take the words of the Lord and say something that he don't want me to say? Are you nuts? I'm not going to do that, right? But if I hear something from the Holy Spirit, Lord, do you you want me to say something? What do you want me to do with this this information that you just gave me, right? Because this person, they might not take this information this way. And that's when the Holy Spirit tells me how to say it, right? Now, what's he doing with the woman at the well here? The Holy Spirit's starting to move now, starting to talk to Jesus. Hey, this woman has got, had five husbands, and now she's living with a guy. So what does Jesus do? He asks it to her in a different... He doesn't say, you got five husbands, and you're living... You know. No, what he does was, is he listens to the Holy Spirit, and then he says this. He says, hey, he says, go get your husband. That's how he started to introduce what the Holy Spirit just told him. Notice, he waited for the Holy Spirit to show him what he did, and then he's trying to figure out, listen, and then figure out how to speak it. So then he says it, right? She says to him, I have no husband. Jesus says unto her, you have said, well, you have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the, and the person you're staying with now, he ain't your husband. And then you said it truly. So the woman looks at him, I understand now you're a prophet, sir. I, I see you're a prophet, Okay. Sometimes, if you're sensitive, the Holy Spirit will do that to you. He will show you something about an individual. That's why I got excited when he asked me, when he reminded me of Matthew chapter 10. Hey, if you're nice to a, a righteous man, I'm representing God. You get a righteous man's reward. And so that's how I said it to the individual, right? And, and, and he did it. So I, you just listen for those things. So the Holy Spirit speaking to Jesus, he hears it figures out how to say it, how to introduce it. And so she says, I perceive you're a prophet. And you go to verse 20. Our father worshiped in this mountain. And of course, I talked about Mount Gerizim, right? But you say that in Jerusalem, they say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she's a little confused here because she's got an actual scripture telling her this. And the Jews are telling them otherwise, you know, people from Judea. I mean, look what happened now. All right, I'll, I'll be careful how I say this, Holy Spirit. Thank you. But look what happens when government tries to get in and tries to tell the preacher what to preach on his podium. And I, I want to say that very strongly. There's a lot of confusion out there right now in issues of morality and things like that. It's because government entities and other individuals are trying to pressure you 
And they're trying to take over my podium. And one of the things I always like to say to individuals, particularly when I'm talking to people of other cultures, and they start getting on me about Christianity, one of the things I like to tell them is, is this, you know, would you like me to take your poll? Would you like me to take your position and now start telling you what to do? I've never, you know, particularly in, in political positions, would you like me to be the governor? Would you like me to be the mayor and start running the country? No, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. Ah, very good. So then why should you come over and stand in our position and tell us what's right and wrong? The Lord assigns his individuals. And now the Holy Spirit, that's as far as I'll go on that. There's a reason why the Lord appoints men and women to go out and be his representatives. Because he's working in them and living in them. You wouldn't expect me to, to all of a sudden be, you know, the president. Don't you think I need a little bit of training, right, before I sit in there and do this, right? Same thing with the Word of God. So I'll just, that was, that, for some reason, the Holy Spirit wanted me to get that out there. Okay, so, um, he says to her, woman, he says, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father, right? You worship, you know not what you know, right? We know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews, right? But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And Pastor Justin always loves to, to talk about this. It's going to be from your heart, man. I mean, you're going to do this heart, mind, and soul and body. And you're, you're going to know the Lord's in you. And you're going to be worshiping them because you love them. I mean, it's not going to be because you're on this mountain or that mountain. And that's what Jesus is all about. Just being one with the Father. I always like to tell people this. Religion is people trying to find God. But, but Jesus is God trying to get to man, right? God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the woman says unto him, well, I know when the Messiah comes, he's called Christ. He's going to set everything straight, right? So what's he say to her? I'm the guy who's the Messiah that's speaking to you right now. So upon this came his disciples and they marveled. Now his disciples gave the straight face, like, who are you talking to this woman for? What's up, man? You know, why are you talking to this girl, right? Don't you know who she is, Jesus? But they've been around Jesus long enough, no, not to question him, right? So she leaves really fast. Maybe she sensed the situation, but Jesus was able to get that word in, right? And so she goes around and she tells everybody to come see this man who tells her he's the Messiah, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip on down here to... um, Verse 35, of course, we know they try to get Jesus to eat, and Jesus says, I got meat to eat, you know not of. The disciples like, whoa, that's really deep, Jesus. Did someone feed him some kind of food that we didn't know when he was gone? But what Jesus is saying is, is focus, passion, focus. He's focused, right? His mind's not on food now. His mind's on the mission. He's focused, okay? Stay focused. Keep your eyes focused, Okay. Don't you say there's four months and then comes the harvest? I mean, that's the saying, right? But behold, I say up to you. Now listen to this in verse 35. What's he say? Lift up your eyes. Expand your vision, okay? Expand your vision and look on the fields. Open your eyes. Let's open our eyes. Let's open them. Let's keep our eyes open when we're going out. Lift up those eyes, right? Focus and look on the fields for they are white with the harvest. Open those visions. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. It's payday, guys. It's payday. The glory is here. It's payday. And God wants to show his finances. He wants to show his pay through his glory. He wants to use you. 
He wants to use you. I mean, can you see Jesus just sitting there? I want to use you. Mm, I want to use you. So in verse 36, He that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one sows and another reap. I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor, other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. It's a process. So now I know. When I share the word of God with somebody, I've planted the seed. I've begun the ripening process on that individual. Right. Now the words got in there. And I remember reading Dr. Savell's book, Sharing Jesus Effectively. Everyone I preach to gets saved. Everyone. Well, wait a minute, Dr. Savell. That guy didn't accept Jesus. Nope, he got saved. Right? Because I planted the word. And his word doesn't come back void. He heard it. She heard it. I got the word in there. I did it in truth. I did it in love. It's in there. And now what do I do when I walk away? What do you think I do when I go home? Something Charlene and I do every time once, once we leave from someplace where we've been ministering. First thing we do, we begin to pray over those seeds that we just planted. And we begin to rejoice over the Lord. We got a seed in there, Lord. We started the ripening process, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get excited, folks, because the Holy Spirit wanted me to say this to you. Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. Lift them up. Lift them up. Lift your eyes up. Start walking around every morning, Lord. My eyes are open, Lord. My ears are open. Show me what you want me to do today. Set something up for me. Set something up for me. He's going to do it, and it's, and it's going to come at, the, at a time you may not expect it, and it's going to be with an individual you may not even expect him to do it. But get ready, because he's going to want to do some kind of miracle. I don't ask the Lord to do it. He just tells me. He just says it to me. One time, I'm at uh, Cape Cod. We go over... Um, we're out in the streets ministering to a bunch of guys in Boston, right? An evangelist comes into town. We all go up to Boston. Man, you talk about work. We're up till midnight, one in the morning evangelizing. And then we're getting to bed at about two or three in the morning. Because then when we get back, we're praising the Lord. Then we get up at five in the morning and we're back out on the streets again. Now I know why the disciples were sleeping that night when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because I mean, when you're on Team Jesus, man, you're working. I mean, it, there is no wasted time. And so... I'm out on the streets, I'm ministering to this guy, and the Holy Spirit just falls on him. I mean, I'm standing there, and the presence, the glory of God just comes down on this kid and his girlfriend. And his eyes got as big as saucers, right? I mean, he's huge as saucers. And he starts going like this, looking around, and his girlfriend starts going like this, looking around. And I just sat there with a big smile on my face, oops, sorry. And I said, that's the Holy Spirit. Hello? There you go. There's the presence of God. He's introducing himself to you. His girlfriend looked at him, grabbed him by the shoulder, said, let's get out of here. And they took off running, right? But I, I didn't get discouraged because the power of God touched that kid. It touched him and touched her. They felt his presence. So I know they're going to get born again. I know they are. So what do I do? I start celebrating. I start praising the name of Jesus. Lord, you revealed yourself to them. And I got to see it, man. I got to see you working right in front of them. So what do I do? I, I start going out. I, I like to paint, right? So I start going out and I start doing artwork. And um, hallelujah. I mean, I asked the Lord, what can I do today? So here I am in Washington, D.C., you know, working at the Pentagon. What do I do on my off time? Let's, let's go out to the parks. So Charlie and I go to the park. I set up my easel. I start painting big old pictures. And 
what do you know? People start coming. What are you painting? Oh, I'm painting this or I'm painting that, you know. Next thing you know, a conversation starts. Next thing you know, I got 10 or 12 people standing around me. When we got here first in Burleson, when Charlene and I first arrived um, in November of, of 2011, that, that spring we started going out to the park over there in Burleson. Um, by the post office and started painting out there. And the next thing, I'm doing a picture of Noah, you know, with all the animals in there. And next thing you know, I got 10 or 12 kids sitting down next to me and they're listening to me telling about the story of Noah, you know. I mean, and then one kid, run, I was talking about fossils, one kid goes down to the creek and finds a fossil and he brings it to me. So it just excites you, it excites me when you go out and you start sharing Jesus. So now, here's the other thing the Holy Spirit wanted to share with me. And that was this. Pastor Justin was uh, speaking about Isaiah 52, or chapter 54, verses 1 and 2. And he started talking about arising. And started talking about the barren woman, right? Lift up your vision. The Lord wants to take you to another level, okay? Now, I, can, I got a good idea how he wants to do it. He wants you to go out and start showing his glory. That's what he wants you to do. And as you begin to start revealing him, you're going to start entering into new levels with him, right? And um, so what do you do when you get a vision of the Lord from your pastor? Well, okay, Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the plates of your tent. Open your eyes. It took me about a couple weeks to make this thing, and I signed it. I made my own little... Um, my own little vision out of what Pastor Justin was talking about, about enlarging the place of your tent. Open your eyes. Focus. Enlarge. It's payday. Expect. I have it. It's mine. There's an unlimited supernatural bank account supplying me. I'm going to make withdrawals. Yes, I'm overflowing. My children, my marriage, my finances, my health, my calling, my church vision. I'm blessed. I'm surrounded with favor. So I'm enlarging the place of my tent. I'm opening my eyes. I'm letting them stretch forth. I'm removing the limitations. I'm not going to spare anymore. I'm going to get passion. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to, I'm going to shout in the harvest. Voices of triumph, voices of praise, rejoice, joy, joy, joy. I'm in your presence, Jesus. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Zoe life. Zoe life. Zoe life. Ignite me, Jesus. I'm not holding back. Don't hold me back, Jesus. Don't hold me back. You ever been around your friends? You want to get in a fight? Don't hold me back, Jesus. Don't hold me back, man. I'm going for this. I got passion. I'm going for this, right? Now, let's lengthen our cords. Let's have some determination. Lengthen our cords. Let's continue to grow. Let's maintain the flow, right? Let's be patient. Overflow. Growing, right? I'm not going to stop. I've made a quality decision. I'm going to do this, right? The word works. No turning back now. I'm staying on course, man. He's faithful. He's true. We're going forward. I'm staying in his rest. I'm removing all my care. Mm. It's all in your hands. What did Jesus say? The Holy Spirit's his witness. I asked the Lord that one time. I said, Jesus, I never knew you. You know, I never physically saw you. And then he reminded me, but yeah, but the Holy Spirit's my witness. All you got to do is open your mouth. The Holy Spirit will do the work for you. I was like, oh, is that John, uh, John chapter 5, verse 29? And um, so let's be determined. And then he said, strengthen or harden, make strong and prune away the old. Let's strengthen your stakes. Let's hold fast to our confession. So let's not dwell in the past anymore. No more excuses. No more fear. I'm watching over my mouth. I'm speaking the word only. I'm holding fast my confessions. I'm guarding my thoughts. I'm rooted and grounded in love. Right? So what I did was, is he was going over Isaiah 54 too. So I took that 
And I made that scripture into enlarging my vision, to opening my tents. So I made my little, my little thing here. I've got, the, I've got my little tent growing bigger, and i got health, finances, and children. And then I put the 2018 vision. I'm making no little plans, days of glories, days of flourishing, days of abounding. Hallelujah. So I put that on there, and then I signed it, right? And so now I go over this every day. And I go over this, you know, as much as I can, I go over this, right? Because this is in my heart. The Lord wants to show his glory. So Dr. Savell challenged us. He challenged us. Let me tell you something about command, right? When a commander has a vision, right? When a leader has a vision, he gives it to his number one commander. And he says, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. So now it's the commander's job to go tell us, right? Once the leader gives that vision. If the Lord, I, do you think Dr. Savell can hear from the Lord? I do. I think you can hear from the Lord. So if Dr. Savell is saying the Lord wants us to say, show me your glory, uh, I got a good idea of what's going to happen. Just open your mouth and just start watch what's going, what the Lord's going to start doing. And let him just, let him lead you. Let him take you somewhere. Let him, just let him take you there. Oh man. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So one of the things I did is, as Pastor Justin is saying, we got a five-year vision strategy. So we need to reach, by 2023, he, the, Lord, the reason why the Lord wants us to grow is he's got a plan. Okay? He wants to enlarge the vision. He wants to enlarge his impact in the community. He wants to do something through this church, in the community, at your workplace, right? He's looking to expand. He's looking to promote. He's looking to shake the enemy out of his position and put you into his position. That's what he wants. So if you're at your workplace, he wants to show you his glory, get ready. He's about ready to do some changes where you're working at. I mean, changes that you would not expect to happen are going to happen. I got, uh, I was able to get to go to Diego Garcia over about 200 other some officers the Lord just picked me. And one of the questions asked is, how did you get there? I just listened to the Holy Spirit and I believed. I got selected to do a lot of things that other guys were way more qualified than I was to do it. But it's because I had favor with the Lord. He began to shift things. He began to do things. He began to move me, right? So I took Pastor Justin's vision down. And this is, I spent days on this, weeks on this. And I got him sitting out there in the lobby. And if you want one, you can grab one. But this is the vision. 20 teams going out this year. 20 teams going out. Okay? 20 of them going out into the community. Once a month. Twice a month. You know? And um, showing the glory of the Lord. Bringing the love of Jesus into the community. Each one reach one. So here's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say to you. Okay? With each one reach one. The Lord is going to set up encounters for you. Okay? He's going to set up encounters. Recognize them when they come. There's two kinds of evangelism, okay? There's the point-blank evangelism, like I did with, with uh, Jeremiah, okay? Then there's what's called relational evangelism, okay? Where someone begins to watch you and begins to see you. Like, like my wife and I were in Cape Cod, and this guy was at... On the, they, they sent troops overseas, so they call up the guard. They make this guy do guard duty at Cape Cod, and um, he is just not happy. He's always angry. We pull up to the gate every time, you know... Show him his ID, you know. But every time, Charlie and I would say, God bless you. You know, we just give him the big old smile, right? And this, how long does this go? For like two months, three months? The whole summer. Every time we'd come through there, okay? And um, finally, one night, I drive up there, and I don't say, God bless you. And what's he do to us? 
He stopped us, yeah, and asked us. He stops the car. He never got out of the, the guard gate to begin with. He gets out of the car and he stops me. And he says, why didn't you say God bless you to me? And I was like, <laughs> and now, I'm, now he's got my attention, right? And um, I said, well, I apologize, sir. God bless you. And then he begins to talk to us and begins to tell us what's going on in his life. And he said, you know what? He said, it was your God bless you that you said to us, to, to me, every night that you would come in here. He said, that really made my day. And, and he opened up just a smile and a God bless you. They observe you. They see you. They watch you. And um, I, I know you've sat here. I know. Thank you for sitting here and listening to this. But the Lord wants you to know, each one, reach one. Each one, reach one. Each one, reach one. And like the woman at the well, the Lord's going to set up an encounter with you. And just like you said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42, you're his representative. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're just a righteous guy or a righteous gal. He wants to show his glory through you. Jesus gets excited because what did he tell Moses when Moses said, well, if you're not going to go with us, I don't want to go. And he said, certainly, I will be with you. Oh, oh, man. Oh, what did Jesus say? I'll be with you. That same comforter that was with him is with us. That same comforter that was with Jesus talking to him. Well, thanks. Thanks, everybody. And God bless you. And, And Lord, I just thank you for everybody in here. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for setting up encounters. I thank you for a Holy Ghost boldness. I thank you, Father. They don't have to be ashamed of your word. Not only will you tell them what to say, Father, you'll set them up, Lord, and Holy Spirit, you're going to do what you did for me. You're going to show up. You're just going to start. You're just going to fall on them, Holy Spirit, and you're going to begin to talk to them. So I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.